Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jolly Paul. Welcome to episode 110. On this episode, we have been to the cinema to watch Jordan Peele's Nope. And also, we'll be doing our movie from the vault, which is From Dust Till Dawn. How are you guys? Awesome. Very well, very well. Enjoying the sunshine? You got sunshine in Ireland? Yeah. For about three days at least. (laughs) We've had like about three days of doom and gloom over here. I'm never going to moan about the weather. It's been fucking bloody hot. Then it's raining. And it's still hot. Still hot. So that's all (laughs) that matters. Well, hopefully it cools down by next week because all them sweaty horror bodies in a cinema. Nah, mate. The usual fright fest. um, uh, thing will go out where they uh, they do this thing where they send like a tweet in a Facebook message and everything it's like all the do's and don'ts and like make sure you wash, make sure you use deodorant, make sure you know all these things like that that so it doesn't affect people around you. <laughs> which I, think I did actually because the guide got released didn't it the Fry Fest guide and I actually did read that as like make sure you look after your hygiene yeah. and if you it, Please look out for the community around you, and if you're not comfortable telling people, um, please tell us, and we'll help. I will. I will. <laughs> I, can you imagine that? Your seat, because your seat—that's your seat for the whole like festival, and you're sat by some sweaty mess. Well, I'm going to so, be sat by so, two sweaty messes. <laughs> Sorry. So, so Paul, <laughs> make sure you don't sit next to me. I'm sitting on the end. <laughs> uh, anyway, what? Anyway, enough of this tomfoolery. What you boys been watching? This well, the last I mean, I've got I've got a lot. Yeah, well, we'll let Jordy Paul go. We know you've always got a lot. <laughs> so, Jordy Paul, what have you been watching? You can go last, you cheeky fuck. <laughs> well, I've got quite a lot as well. <laughs> so, uh, I started started watching The Sandman, um, which very impressed with. I'm only I'm only four episodes in, but it's it's stunning, isn't it? It's, it's wow, so well done, and uh, yeah. <laughs> So so well done, um, and just yeah, visually unreal. So I just finished the uh, no spoilers, map, but the hell episode of unreal. The, bit, the bits, the bits with death and stuff that you get to see. There's some absolutely stunning moments, like stunning episodes. Episode five and six, absolutely beautiful. The last like three episodes are all centered around. I mean, I, you know, it's a story. No spoilers. Come on, well, it's a serial. Yeah, don't spoil it. I haven't even fucking started yet, mate. Yeah, a bunch of benders, man. We should be talking about this. Fucking pissing me off. <laughs> Hurry up, you cunts. Um, yeah, but like some of us have to work, you know. <laughs> I went old school a bit uh, and watched The Birds. No, that was on TV the other week, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, watched that. Brilliant. Loved it. Definitely, a, it must be a future film from the vault. Don't you pull faces at me, butcher? Don't forget, <laughs> go highbrow for my picks. Um, I watched. I'm sure you're going to have watched this as well. Uh, Day Shift with Jimmy Fox. Yes. Dave Franco. And uh, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> it was it was proper, leave your brain at the door, let's have some dumb fun with vampires. And actually, it was I thought it was really quite, um, very well done and quite gory as well in places. So, yeah. I, yeah, I good, that. good special effects, good fun, good, you know, a bit, a bit you know, you Snoop Dogg cameo, which is funny. Um, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not too bad. Quite liked it. Yeah, it was a little bit paid by numbers, but it was good, dumb fun, which I quite liked. Um, and I watched uh, a film on Shudder, which 
you guys need to go and watch it because I just need to talk about it, and it's, it, 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 I can't talk about it without being quite spoilerific. It's called What Josiah Saw. It's got Robert Patrick in it. I mean, the only film you should be telling us about is Terrifier. Well, hang on, I'm building up to that one. So, <laughs> uh, What Josiah Saw. So it's quite bleak, it's, but it's quite good, and I can't really go into it without spoiling it, but it's definitely worth a watch. And actually, I watched it, then I put it on Letterbox that I'd watched it, and the director is now following me. On Letterboxd, oh, so uh, shout out to Vincent, my new follower. But uh, I actually enjoyed it; it was a good film. Um, maybe you should ask him to come on the pod. Maybe, maybe. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's definitely worth a watch, guys. It's quite bleak. It's quite long, and it is a bit slow. But the twist at the end is just mental. So definitely worth a watch. Um, and then obviously, last but not least, I went out and did my Jolly Paul homework for the week and watched Terrifier. Fuck me. Are you, look, are you looking forward to Terrifier 2? <laughs> I am looking forward to Terrifier 2. Oh, what a horrible little nasty film that was. <laughs> Jesus. And I'm, I, I, that, the biggest shame, I think, for Terrifier is that it hasn't got such a biggest release that people aren't, don't know about it. Because mm. that, the, what they've created is a, a proper horror icon. Fuck Art yeah. the Clown. Oh, oh, Everyone oh, should be. Following terrified and do you know what was really funny i started watching it and my missus walked over and was like what are you watching and i went well we can watch it if you want and she i literally turned the phone over as art the clown was on and she was like no no thanks <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what like oh my god i mean obviously the, the goriness of it but do you know that scene where she's sort of walking through the, the house and she walks back towards the front door and she just looks up and he's just stood there like Hello. Like, yeah, in silence. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. How creepy. And then, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. At the end, so what? So she survives, but her face is all ripped to bits. But she's mental now, too. Is that, is that what was happening? I don't really... Guess we'll find mean, out. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, it, lads, it was, it was great. It was great. But fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. there's something out. Well. Apparently he's uh, amped up for this one even more, so get ready. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah. Did uh, yeah. So that's two out of two, really ready or not, and terrifier. So he's uh, a lot to think of something else for me to watch this week. Nice one, nice one, cool. Paul. Go on, right. Butch, you go. Well, I went to. Oh, I've seen the quite right. Where do I start? Where do I start? Um, things heard and seen. A thriller on. Uh, um, watch. I don't know what media it was on. Uh, da, da, da. Netflix, I think. So yeah, I think it is. It's with Amanda Seyfried. Um, it's quite a dark little story, to be honest. Um, I don't know if you remember an American haunting, and that sort of like you thought it was something paranormal, and then perhaps it wasn't. It sort of like got some weird little twist in there, and there was a scene in it that I didn't see coming, and I was like floored by it. I was like, fuck, I can't believe they actually did that. Um, and it's, it's, it's not, a, not a bad little watch, um, but it's like sort of a thriller, um, which feels like it has sort of some sort of paranormal, almost amateurville, um, sort of shift, I suppose. Yeah, worth, worth a shout that one. I don't know if you remember, Matt. We talked about it a few months ago, a film called, from Sweden called The Innocents. Hmm. Um, it's on Amazon Prime at the moment for one ninety nine to rent, and it was about the kids who had su- superpowers. Effectively, they've got like almost like telekinesis, 
Um, and one oh, of the yeah, yeah, one of the kids was like um, autistic, basically. Um, and it, it follows these four kids, basically, three of them which have powers, but the the sister of the autistic um, child. It's sort of, I don't know. It's, it's quite almost like a, quite much of a sociopath, or close to being a psychopath. But she meets another kid when they've moved house, who's very much a psychopath. And then he's discovering the fact that he's somehow got these powers. Um, and they starts off like with slow stuff, like moving little rocks and stuff. But there's a very dark scene of a cat, um, which changes her mind of him. And then the rest of it is kind of like him using his powers not for good. And the others sort of like trying to stop him. It's almost, uh, it's almost very much reminding me of Chronicle, like a birth of a supervillain again, but they're, but in a lot younger capacity. Because um, they were a lot younger than the them in um, in Chronicle, really dark, some really dark scenes. Worth worth a watch. Worth the one ninety nine. I would recommend that highly. Very very good film. Um, <laughs> next one maybe not so much. Um, that was interesting. A film called Brides of Satan. So um, I don't know if I want to call it an anthology, but it was fucking wacky, just stupid, just like a grindhouse sort of like. Strippers, uh, gangs, and a and a girl training in, in martial arts to get her revenge, but in the fucking most cheesiest possible way ever. Yeah, it's free on Amazon to watch. <laughs> you can watch that if you like. Um, I watched a, re- a good one, another good one. Um, but I didn't rate it highly. But Escape the Field, it was called. It's sort of like a mixture between, I don't know, in the tall grass and like escape room sort of thing um where they got like escape a field um and there's loads of weird darky shit that happens in the cornfield as you go wasn't bad wasn't a bad little attempt it's uh, did it have anyone big in it yeah it had um fear rossi remember him from um sons, sons and uh luke cage so yeah it wasn't bad it was really he's getting a bit of work <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nice little. Uh, he was sort of a good guy in it, I suppose. It was, um, it was good to watch. Watched Jurassic World Dom- Dominion. Probably won't talk about that anymore. Um, Bullet <laughs> Bullet Train at the cinema. Fucking awesome. I mean, it's not horror really, you know, but it's some heavy action violence done done by the um, same director who did John John Wick and that. So yeah, just wacky fucking fun, man. But yeah, out of those, uh, uh, if you have any time for any of them, The Innocence is the one that I'd probably go fucking go watch it. Really, really impressed with that one. Um, and I met somebody who listens to the podcast this week. So, how you they doing? They are Mitch? real. Yeah, you know, they are real. The people listen to it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, Mitch. If you've got any recommendations, give us a shout. He likes his um, Italian horror, his Gilo, and uh, his uh, Japanese horror. So, you know, maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do Ring. The Japanese ring in the near future. You never know. You never know. There we go. So that's me. I thought that was quite a, a hefty, hefty couple of weeks. What about you, then, Matt? Jesus Christ! Yeah, nothing like that. I finally finished the boys. <laughs> which was very, very good. Although I've got a few issues with it, but I'm not going to go into that because you know a lot of people that listen might not have finished it or not even started it yet. So. But yeah, it was good. It was a good season. It was um, it was fun. Um, and the only other thing that I've watched is a 
uh, a little Netflix uh, original, uh, just a TV miniseries. It's only about six episodes, but it's called Keep Breathing. Um, it's not essentially horror, but it's literally about um, this woman who's trying to get somewhere and she her plane gets cancelled. So she she gets uh, she finds these two other guys and says to them, oh, can you take me on your plane? And they own like a little chartered aeroplane and then they crash land. Uh, and it's about her surviving kind of like the wilderness in Canada. It's pretty good. Um, it's, it's it's a little bit again. It's a little bit of a slow burn, but it's interesting. Um, but it's, the acting's fantastic and the shots are breathtaking because like where it's shot in Canada, which I believe it is still Canada, Canada, it's just amazing. Butch, you'd love it because of all the the lakes and stuff. What's it called? Yeah, uh, keep breathing. Keep breathing. Okay. Yeah, only, each episode's only about thirty minutes long. It's not, you know, it's not it's not the most amazing TV show, but it's quite interesting. I thought anyway. So, cool. Yeah. Um, and I watched. What a waste! What a waste of three hours that you could be spending on watching Sandman. Just saying. Yeah, but um, I, I, my missus wanted to watch something, so she ain't gonna watch Sandman. Sandman, trust me. Like <laughs> it was a toss up between the Jamie Fox one and the, this TV show, and uh, yeah, I, I just went for the TV show because I thought I, I literally did think actually. The Pauls will probably watch that. So I'll watch something different. And I was right. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm being branded with the same uh, mark as Butcher. I'm going to have to oh, yeah, watch War and Peace next week. When you come back, <laughs> when you come back with a butte like Brides, Brides of Satan, then we're talking. That's, that's <laughs> you're you're taking, talking to me about wasting three hours of my life. <laughs> hey, I specifically look for these 90-minute movies. 80 minutes and I'm in. <laughs> you crazy git. Alright. Yeah, other than that, I haven't really watched anything else other than that, really. Cool. Horror wise. Right. One week till Fright Fest, can't bloody wait. Let's, uh, let's see what's been in the news. Let's go to our fucking, seems to be literally dominating our news hound at the moment, really. Let's go to Paul. Oh, I've got oh. loads again. Well, I, I, I think I should go first actually. I'll this week, Because like, you boys always go first, so. I'm going to go first. I'm going to call Vito on this. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go first. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to talk about a quick one. Um, have you guys seen about the latest casting for Black Mirror? Oh, bastard. No, um, I did. Re- I, I read. I read it. Yes. I was very interested. Rory, Rory, Rory McCulkin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's that's quite interesting. But I'm a, I am a little bit dubious about this because this is this is the one that isn't being done by Charlie Brooker. So this is the first one. I believe it's not being done by him. Um, which oh, is he busy bit, doing something else, is he? Don't know. I don't know. I just don't think he, he's not doing this one. But, you know, they always have, like, di- different directors and stuff. But anyway, regardless to say, uh, it does look interesting because uh, production is reportedly underway. Um, obviously, R- Rory Culkin is in it, um, in addition to a few others. Uh, there is a few things, other people, Zazie Beats, uh, Josh Hartnett, Aaron Paul, Kate Mara, uh, Danny Ramirez, uh, you've got quite a few to start with. Kate, Ma- Kate Mara done one before? I feel like she's been in one before. It's, you know what, they, I think they cast them so well, don't they, because they just pick people that you just, yeah, they fit in really well in the Black Mirror series. Aaron Paul would be great to see what's up to, but obviously, 
Colkin's got his like horror kudos and stuff like that. Mm. Um, all the way back to like science, but Lords, fucking Lords of Chaos, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking brilliant. Paul, you seen Lords of Chaos? I have not, no. Homework. Homework. <laughs> I don't know how okay. that's going to be. I don't know how you're going to watch it, but yeah, Lords of Chaos, mate. <laughs> you might be able to rent it on Amazon, but Lords of Chaos is fucking insane. I love it. It's, it's okay, awesome. I'm on it, lads. I'm on it. There you go. It's very, very good. Um, yeah, so that I'm I'm quite looking forward to that, um, to be honest. And I've just got one other bit I want to talk about. I haven't seen any of this. I don't know if you guys have, but there's a new um, horror TV show called Red Rose that started. As, apparently, it's on BBC Three. It's set in Bolton. I sent you guys the link, like about like, at the start of the week, about it. But it looks really, it looks really interesting because I, I read a little synopsis on it. Um, but set over a long hot summer following high school, the teens' friendship are infiltrated by Red Rose app, which blooms on their smartphones, threatening them with dangerous consequences if they don't meet its demands. The app exposes the group to a seemingly supernatural entity and the seductive power of the dark web. Apparently, it's like The Ring set in Bolton. Apparently, it's, I've read like awesome unreal reviews on it so yeah same that's why i'm really interested in this i was a bit worried because uh it's an iplayer bbc3 thing and i was a bit like ah in ireland you didn't you can't get iplayer but uh i found it i found it on bbc3 and i've got it recorded so i haven't watched the episode the first two episodes are recorded so yeah yeah, that's all i got so jory pour over to you bud okay um you, know, you only stole one bit of news, so that's good. Yeah, well, I, I've got loads of others, but I'm gonna, I, I know that you guys will be talking about some of these, so I'll let you go for it. All right, I'll pick. So, uh, the, <laughs> the trailer dropped for Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Oh, this looks good, doesn't it? Oh, it looks very good, doesn't it? It looks very, very, very creepy, very, very well done. So I'm well looking forward to that, but that's at what, end of October? 23rd, I think it was? Yeah. Definitely, if people haven't seen that, check that out because it looks amazing. Just in time for Halloween. I think we're spoiled over the next couple of uh, couple of months for horror. So we should. It's like it's the season to be horror. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's like they said, there's loads of trailers dropped. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots has been renewed for a fourth season. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just still butchers news <laughs> um, yeah so more of that third season I thought the third season was a bang return to form after the second season sort of underwhelmed me a bit but the third one was brilliant more little miniature zombies fucking in a cemetery let's have more <laughs> of that um, definitely there's a new Saw movie being released next year for Halloween oh, God. I don't know how we feel about that Saw 10 basically or I Saw mean, X yeah, why not, mate? Round out to ten. The last movie um, wasn't, you know, Chris Rock spiral related to Saw. Nothing. Apparently, this one, this one's going to bring back John Kramer again. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see how how. But yeah, um, and then um, I was looking, and uh, Shudder have announced uh, a sixty-one days of Halloween oh sort of. God mini film festival starts the 1st of September um, and it's got basically every every day they drop something oh something my word 61 days we're um, going to do it yeah there's a loads of stuff there's loads of stuff there's some of the stuff that's going to be on a Fry Fest that we're going to see anyway 
that's got like Dario Gento's dark glasses and stuff like that. So, um, but I just thought you guys would know. I know VHS ninety nine is going to premiere on Shudder on the twentieth of October. That's awesome. one for the podcast. I think yeah. we're going to try. We'll probably try and review. I think. And then the only other thing um, I'll talk about is uh, Anne Hesh, rest in peace. Mm, that's tragic. Crazy, crazy. Hang on, did she actually pass now? I thought she yes. was still in, I thought she was still no, in the She died on the, was it 12th, I think it was? Yeah, they were, they were that's sort of, she was sort of dead, essentially, and all but, and all but name, and they were, I think it was 11th of, of August she died. To, to oh. sort out, like, our organs, basically, which is a bit morbid, but yeah, they were trying to see which organs are viable for donation, because she won, apparently she was big on, organ donation so yeah so yeah she was obviously she was in I Know What You Did Last Summer and the mm. Psycho remake so she had a bit of horror chops so yeah so rest in peace a bit of sad news so, I, was yeah. gonna, I was gonna note that at the end but yeah fair play rest in peace alright Butch over to you well so I've got a couple of trailers that I've sort of seen um, last night at the cinema we saw one called uh, Pray for the Devil um, yeah that looked fucking mental yeah de- the devil's light it's got a working title as well um, but what we saw was uh, Pray for the Devil. But yeah, none prepares to perform an exorcism and comes faced, faced with a demonic force with mysterious ties to her past. Yeah, uh, looks like a nice ref- another exorcism with people bone breaking and climbing walls. It's going to freak the freak me the fuck out. It's at the cinema, so it'll be one that we definitely go to the cinema to watch and uh, and talk about, which I'm really looking forward to shitting my pants for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> or two hours, your pants in the fucking trailer, I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one I'm surprised none of you two, especially you, Matthew, have not brought up is uh, Wednesday, the latest trailer um, that they bought. It's like over two minutes. It's like, but we're lots of lots of footage with uh, of um, General Ortega as Wednesday um, in the school. I think it looks gorgeous, mm. and I thought it looks a very intriguing story. Um, who was the who plays Morticia? Is it Kath- Catherine Zeta Jones? Mm, not don't know. Hummer, 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 Hummer. Yeah, she looks young. So they really de-aged her by lots of things. I don't know. She looked really young. Um, and obviously, you know, Gomez is uh, Lewis. Um, not sure how I feel about that one. Mm, yeah, the two of them together. But I don't know, man. I I, I really like the look of it, and I, I like it looks. It looks, it looks dark. Yeah. Yeah, it looks dark. Yeah, there's a lot definite, mate. <laughs> maybe they've taken on sort of some of the Sabrina Riverdale sort of edginess. That sort of uh, thing may be aimed at that sort of ilk, not us, but maybe just slightly down. Maybe it's it's teens of teen plus. That's what I think. But we'll see. I don't know. At the moment, it looks very dark. Tim Burton. Yeah, it looks it looks cracking. So I'm looking forward Did to you that. Not get like some sort of like Halloween Harry Potter vibe from it. No, I, th- I think it looks a bit more than that. I think it's going a bit more edgier by the looks of the trailers. I hope it is. It looks dark. It looks good. It looks quirky. It looks fun. Yeah. Oh, That's all we can ask for. Um, <laughs> running. So it's a bit of killer clowns from outer space news. Not for us, but in America. Um, they ha- ha- Halloween Horror Nights um, have basically put on a looks like a, was it a scare maze or a scare one of those scare things that they do in America? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which is just about two minutes lo- uh, long. So they've got um, basically one of those scare mazes in America. I think it's in um, Universal Studios Hollywood Front Garden. So anyone in America, anyone on the uh, where's that 
East Coast. Fucking enjoy that. Is that East Coast? No, it's West Coast. Hollywood. Jackass. <laughs> you will have to get up to the uh, the Saw experience in London, isn't there? An, a Saw escape room attraction opening in London. Oh, we so. are we are in London in a month in a in a week. So I don't think it's open yet. Oh, okay. But yeah, so that was that's uh, that's my news. Um, but lots of horrors coming out in the next next week. We've got a, an orphan um, sequel in the next couple of months. We've got uh, Smile. Which Smile looks, looks fucking mental. Fucking weird bodies, bodies, bodies. Which looks interesting. It's got old um, Pete Pete Davis. Is it? Is that his name? Yeah, um, yeah that looks pretty interesting. Obviously, um, we just said let, uh, pray for the devil. Um, Paul mentions what did you mention? That's coming out. Fucking, I don't know. That met the menu is coming out with um, menu, yeah. With Anna Taylor Joy, that looks really quite interesting. And we've got Halloween. Halloween, yeah, Halloween ends. The trailer looks quite. Even though they showed most of the fucking film. Yeah, there's just a lot of content and a lot. Maybe this going to be pushed to the cinema. So because there's not much else coming going on in the movie business at the moment. We've got, apart from this Wakanda forever at a later stage, but, and, and there's one with Idris Elba called the beast, which I don't know is, will be worth watching this in versus the lion or something. Don't know. We'll see. Not sure, but that's it. Fuck it. Next couple of months, bring it on fright fest. Come on. Let's uh, get on to our main review. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say, since the moment pitches could move, we had skin in the game. Okay, this episode's main review. Oh, we went to see Nope at the cinema, Jordan Peele's latest movie. Fucking hell. Um, what do we say about this? Starring uh, Daniel uh, Kalua, Kiki Palmer, Brendan Perea, Michael Wincott from The Crow, man. And obviously Stephen Young and oh, Keith David, man. That was fucking cool. No, let's write a little synopsis about what this uh, movie is about. Um, hmm. After random objects falling from the sky result in the death of their father, ranch-owning siblings OJ and Emerald Haywood attempt to catch a video evidence of an unidentified flying object with the help of a tech salesman, Angel Torres, and documentarian, Antlers Holst. Great name. Geordie Paul. When did you go and see this and what do you think? I went to see this on Monday night and um, it took me a while to work out how much I enjoyed it, if this makes sense. I definitely went away from it uh, not knowing if I enjoyed it and really took some time to think about it. I think I had to get out of my own arse, basically, because I obviously... John Peel's first two films, uh, 
Get Out and Us are essentially modern masterpieces for me. Like, I fucking 10 out of 10s across the board, right? And obviously, to a lesser extent, he produced Candyman, which I fucking loved. It was one of my films of the year. Um, so I think I went in with far too high expectations for this film. So when I came out of it, I initially I think I felt a bit of a lull. But actually, on the drive home in the car and actually thinking about it the next day, I actually really, really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> I really did. Cool. Uh, Matt? Yeah, it's similar to Paul, actually. It's like, I don't know, I don't know what I was expecting out of it, to be honest. I mean, it's like, I came out of it not, again, not knowing whether I liked it or not. And after do, doing some digging and looking around and, you know, what other people thought and stuff, for me to do that, it obviously, obviously provoked something in me to do that. I was entertained throughout the whole movie. Um, I mean, again, reflecting on what Paul said, Get Out and Us were absolute masterpieces, and he's damn right about that. And I fucking love those movies. I've got the soundtracks on vinyl. Amazing. Obviously, those two movies are pr- predominantly horror, where this one is a bit a bit different. So, so I think at the moment where I sit on it, I I love those other two movies, and I think I like this movie. I think. Let's talk about it and find out. I mean, for me, I was just my eyes were fucking glued, uh, not knowing what the fuck I was watching, which you know I sort of got from. Um, you know, the horror tropes and stuff like that were there, definitely. Um, but there was that almost that Twilight Zone feel for it as well. It was um, certainly unique in its delivery. I've never really seen anything like it, which he has a way to do way to do that. I don't know if I could st- stack it up against the other two, but it doesn't really make any difference. I just I was just there were some elements of it that just like completely floored me and I didn't really know that it was going in that direction um but yeah aliens or usually scare the shit out of me anyway but this was just done just some interesting twists as we get to talk about it in a bit and especially some almost like sub stories were probably even darker than the actual main the main story as well um but yeah fucking I'm interested to kind of really go into it and find out what you boys thought of the different the different elements. I mean, okay, so this movie is it's essentially following um some they're they're Hollywood ranchers. So they've got things in the beers around uh around horses in, in movies basically. Um and there's their father is the sort of main dude, played by Keith David, fucking amazing. Um and he fucking just suddenly dies and it just follows the story of them looking for a ufo um trying to capture it but then it's not what they think it is and i think that's the best way to sort of like follow this movie um just before we start i just want to say we're, we're if you're listening to this we're probably going to spoil the fuck out of it because there's no way of t- not talking about this so if you, if you haven't seen it go and watch it and come back yeah, yeah, defo. Um, wow, fucking hell. Okay. So, I don't know where to fucking talk about this. Let's, what do we talk about first? Um, death of Keith David? You know, out, mm. of, out of nowhere? What'd you Bastards. 
I wanted to see him do more. I was like, ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> but, well, it was really heartbreaking, wasn't it? Because obviously you, you get from it that you, they've got a great relationship going and, you know, a lot, lot of love and respect there. And he, he sort of, he dies, but he doesn't die straight away. So, like, random bits of metal fall out of the sky. So there's, like, keys. And he gets, like, basically just uh, a dime or a quarter or a, yeah, dime, yeah, yeah, yeah. a dime just falls through his face, essentially. Um, which we find out later is essentially just a shit. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but it gets it gets placed on, on a, 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 a plane, doesn't it? How a plane sort of yeah dumped, dumped some cargo, and that's how it was uh, explained away. That was a random act of sort of nature type of thing. Um, and then obviously you fast forward to them sort of trying to keep the business afloat, and they have that like little uh, moment in the 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 film bit where you've got all the. Uh, all the people sort of not really understanding what's going on and freaking the horses out, and you realise that, like, it's orgy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, he's not full of razzmatazz like his sister. It's their sort of, like, no. zing, you know, opposite sides of the, the spectrum in uh, in that respect. That part, though, Kiki Palmer fucking smashed it. She's brilliant, isn't she? She comes... Because with... Obviously, with Daniel Kaluuya's character, he's very, very, like, quiet... You know, you know, quite slow and just keeps himself to himself. And then she's like the complete opposite. So it's like, it's, it's really clever. I love that dynamic between the two. And she yeah. just comes in and she's, she's obviously the person, she's got the walk and the talk, but you get the feeling that she's not really around that much. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that sort of really brought a dip, that sort of edginess to the movies and the, the contrast between sort of two different characters, essentially from the same sort of area. Jealousy, sibling sibling rivalry, sibling sort of love and all that sort of stuff and their relationship, you know, watching that grow and, and evolve and, and change as well in the in the movie was fantastic to see. Um, the musicality is worth talking about because it's fucking incredible again, as in with all his movies, the music was fucking fantastic. Love that cinematography of this fucking thing was epic the, the where it was shot was beautiful what a location um and a complete contrast again from like us where it's dark and it's fucking set at night and you've really got that sort of like you know this this is like the contrast between night and day in this movie is so apparent because it's so light when it's light and it's so dark when it's dark it's fucking nuts i thought that was a really 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 cool um, way to shoot this movie. Um, yeah, you're right with that because, like, most UFO movies, they are set at night, aren't they? A lot of them, and it's just like, oh, you know, all that stuff, and you can get away with a lot of effect, effects and stuff. But the way it was shot in the day, it was like you could see everything, and that's, I think, that's even fucking scarier because it's like broad daylight. <laughs> yeah, and, and and yet some of the shots, the thing of what it was, was still hidden in plain sight which was very clever in the way they were doing it and the way that they sort of maneuvered the horror and the terror and whatever it was and maybe that sometimes you think the joy but then you realize it's not joy it's not this is not a good experience that's happening you know it's it's hiding for a reason behind the clouds it's almost stalking and and stuff like that and it is it is something else and there is a a bit in the movie where um oj does Suggests that what if it's not a UFO? <laughs> <laughs> well, I really want to get into before we get to talk about the the rest of what the fucking thing is and and, and the rest of the bits. I really want to talk about the man, the the Gordy show. 
I really want to talk about that. This for me me was one of the best bits of the film, and actually it was almost a film within a film. That could have been the horror film in it, because actually it's probably the most, well, it is the most horrific bit in the entire film, like... um, and obviously it, this, it flashes to the start, doesn't it? It's the the start of the film where something's happened on a... So you get this sort of chimp who, oh my God, has gone mental at the start. It doesn't really go into it, but obviously you meet Stephen Young's character who's he's an ex-child TV star who yeah. now runs a little sort of Western theme park based on his child character. And it's like next door to their ranch, basically. And he's been getting... Like, I thought awesome. Stephen Young was fucking brilliant, by the way. Yeah, in, very, in the screen time he had, I thought he'd probably done better acting than he did in the whole of Walking Dead, just because he's such a different character in this. You just knew something sinister was going on yeah. straight away. I was thinking, is he like, and, and I, I was, everything was going through my head. Is he going to be a pedo? Is he going to be like? It did literally was like he's not right. There's something, and he played it so well. Yeah, so straight laced, but with a darkness behind it somewhere. And I, it, I got that straight away of going, ooh. Something's not right here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's. You find out, like, obviously he was part of that show where the chimp went mental. Um, yeah, and I was trying to understand the juxtaposition between that and what we what the movie was about. That's what I want to ask you guys. I want to fucking that's find what out what you understand. think that whole part is. There's a reason, and I'm still. What's the like, reason? Is there a reason? I don't know. Oh. I mean, obviously it's like Stephen. Stephen the start of the the real the turn in the movie is, you know, we're about, it was moving it too far. Too far. Is Stephen Young's sort of like presentation and an awareness of the whatever's happening as well, where yeah. we didn't even fucking have a clue that he had an awareness until we saw this UFO stitched on the back of his. Did you notice that in his jacket there was like no, a UFO I stitched didn't... in the bottom in the back of his jacket when he was giving the presentation. Yeah, that was a real bastard. Did you, did you know that? notice that? Did you read about that? No, I noticed that last night. Fair yeah, play, mate. I didn't so, even see that. No, I didn't. I thought immediately, this is fucking something wrong. And then I went to myself, where are the rest of the fucking horses that he's been getting off OJ? Oh, yeah. Because like, there had to be something to do with the horses, didn't it? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then obviously all the shit that happens, we'll talk about in a minute. But obviously there's a darkness, a, a general interest in show business from him. Well, that's, that's the parallels, isn't it? It's yeah. The parallel, I think the parallel is, is that, am I right in saying that obviously Gordy was the next big thing and now he's looking for the next big thing? Is yes. That, am I right in saying that? That's what it Do feels like. And, and the fact that he's seen such terror at such a young age, maybe he's given him blinkers, maybe sort of realising what he's, you know, it's not, it's, this is more of a show, you know, than anything else. It's like he's seen, he's seen that terror right in front of his face. I mean, some of the scene, the way they shot the chimp, and I know it was all um, similar to the Andy Circus sort of way of doing something. Yeah. Fucking crazy and, good, though. Yeah. But essentially, that chimp was beating and eating the face of a, of the, the other kid that was on the show, right? Well, you hear you hear about um, these chimpanzees attacks because there's actually a woman that's still alive that survived one, and she got proper maimed. Right. Uh, but apparently, when they can just flip, and they are they are incredibly strong, and you can't once they they start, their bite is strong, they're physically strong. Literally, uh, there's nothing you can do to stop them. Yeah, obviously it's the health crazy. and safety back then wasn't there, and they couldn't didn't have someone to just defuse the situation quickly. <laughs> what, 
Can I? What? What was the crack with the shoe? Yeah. What was that? What is Why that? Why is it just stood, stood there like that? Explain to me, because like, I know drawing people don't just do shit like that. There's got to be some kind of reason. Am I just being dumb or what? Any any explanation for that? I got <laughs> nothing. I got nothing. Because he had that in the, he had that in the in the display, didn't he? In the gaudy kind of shrine room. Do you know what? Do you know what I generally think about the shoe? I don't know if there's any like hidden meaning to it. I just think that was the focal point of what. Because obviously he's on the shore when it happens, but he hides under a table while the chimps go mental. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you, you just slightly off like behind the sofa, you hear the the bass chewing and the pounding, and and uh, then obviously he runs after one of the male. Uh, the, the dad of the sitcom essentially and kills him and then comes back and notices the kid underneath the uh, the table. And from what I got from it, it was just if you sort of drew a line of sight from the kid's eyes all the way along the stage, that shoe is there. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know why it was stood up on end, but it's just sort of, I don't know if that he's just fixated on that because he's just looking straight forward and trying to sort of blot out the, the horror of it. And then the fist bump was born. Yeah, well, the the whole fist bump was, was part of that show, but I think that was the whole like he was still his sort of friend because I think even when the, uh, the chimp attacks the girl, and then he sort of like he, he almost sits there and goes, "All right, I'm calm now. Do you want to sort of stand up and back to work?" Essentially, because mm, mm. he's sort of playing with a foot as if to say, "Like, like, are you still alive? Are you all right?" Type of again, thing. Again, who is who is the monster and who is the the animal? Yeah. Well, this, I think obviously with the whole, like, he didn't learn his lesson, did he? So it's that whole, like, control and sort of, can you control a force of nature, essentially? Mm. Or should you not Should you not be as high and mighty as to think that you can be a boss of a dominion overall, essentially? Because there's that Bible quote at the start, which is like, I will devour you and make you a spectacle, essentially. Mm. Yeah, which is what they're essentially doing in both in both respects. But the shoe thing, I was just having a little read of something perhaps something someone said it's something like a a bad miracle just like a random event that you've got to sort of make your own mind up so almost like at the start with when his dad dies from a coin from something that it's it's a what are the chances of it actually happening but it happened but it's a mir- a bad miracle not a good miracle so it's mm-hmm. the same that this shoe is just standing on its end in a, a way of like it all everything just kicking off around it sort of just i don't know it's he it just it's just so bad i know there is something in the you know when they showed the stuff in the room i did read yeah. i did read this one um the scissors from us are in the back i was fucking looking office. for shit like that everywhere ah. and, uh, when they're in the office in Stephen Yun's office, I was looking everywhere, like trying to find <laughs> stuff. Like, is there a teacup there? Is there the scissors? Where's you know, where's the baseball bat and all this shit? And I couldn't. I was like, damn it, I couldn't find it. Apparently, it's is there. But yeah, man. So okay, so that's Gordy. Gordy was one of the fucking most harrowing parts of the story. It was a story within a story. But trying to find like the reason why it was there was fucking really weird and interesting. But it was something that unfolded and was so dark and disturbing to watch. Also, I think if they had showed that fucking chimp attack, it probably would have been an 18, not 15, just saying. Um, but there was some other scary bit. The Probably one of the most scary bits for me, and I, this always gets me, is almost like the signs effect. The, is, is the bit in the um, 
well, we still believe it's a UFO. We still believe it's aliens and stuff like that. And there's three little fucking freaky aliens oh, in, mate, in the barn. That, that was so freaky, good. wasn't it? <laughs> I shit my so pants, man. The oh, hair stuck up on the back of my neck on that. I know. I was like, oh. so I was like really? Up. I was like, is there, we're going to see it now, straight away? <laughs> but then, yeah, it's totally fucking heel turn, isn't it? It's yeah, but it's so <laughs> cleverly, tonally done. as a, And it's a fucking prank. And I'm like... What? I'm not, I was just fucking, yeah, turned over by that. I was almost going to go and hide under my t-shirt. I thought I was a fucking, I thought that was exactly where it was going. It was no. so good when they, they, they came, like, the, one of them stood up really, like, wonky, and then the, the next one stuck its head out the the uh, stable door, and then Daniel Kaluuya was just like, nope. <laughs> that was brilliant. What a yeah. line. Nope, 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 I've had enough. But yeah, it, that was so good. It is so such a funny word to say, because I say it sometimes. Nope. Nope, you know, nope. it's just you know, not not even gonna fucking bother. And I love that. I love that sort of use of the use of things. That's almost one of the first words and stuff. It's it's used quite early on, isn't it? And stuff like that to kind of obviously describe something that you you, you don't want to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was um, that was cool. Um, what about okay? So the non-moving cloud is fucking cool as fuck as well. I thought that's a great little discovery and a great <laughs> sort of ploy of it. Because no um, one, no one ever, you know, you can't observe everything in the fucking sky. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. Guy. Let's what? talk about the the shift into because to I would class this as a as a as a horror comedy as well because I thought it was very funny, very funny, and uh, the guy from the bloody rec- uh, electric store. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> well, how just brilliant! What a character! Obviously, they go to try and trap the UFO, and he installs cameras on them, and brilliant. The praying mantis can't fucking capture it and all this sort of stuff. (laughs) But obviously, the first time we start to kind of really unravel what's happening is when Stephen Young's character is showing the show, and he's essentially there about to feed a horse to the aliens. And we still think at this stage that it's just maybe zapping them up into his fucking thing, because that's what we're used to, right? Yeah, that's what we've been f- yeah. fed over the years and yeah. years, which is so clever. Very yeah. clever. But fuck, okay, this is not what it fucking seems. This is a, a, essentially a flying monster that manipulates um, electrical fields around it, because um, that's what it does every time it's around it. You manipulates. do realise something before we go on. Go it's on. like the fucking navigator. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Lies not the cloud. Because it's a fucking... Right. Its colour blends in with the its environment, which is quite cool. But it is a monster movie at its heart, isn't it? This is a monster movie. Once you get to see this bit, um, it eats eats everyone in this... It was watching the thing. All of these fucking bodies, there's like, what, 30 people there? Yams them all up. And not only that, the girl that got attacked by the chimps there, which was a bit scary... She survived the fucking chimp thing, and she's now being yammed up. <laughs> I love, I love the the whole um, the the way he did that though. So subtle, didn't reveal the full face. Just had to because she's got like a hat with one of them veils over, so it yeah. just kept blowing around, and you just get like sort of the odd glimpse of her teeth. Yeah, and you'd be like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is. It, that was weird because they showed that in the trailer, and ultimately, what you think in the trailers are oh, she one of the aliens or something like that. Which is clever. Well, how good how good was the trailer though? Because everyone was convinced the fist bump was an alien hand. Oh right, okay. 
Yeah. You know, the fist that because you saw it and it was all like little and you never went, oh, that's a chimp. <laughs> it was yeah, literally, there's an alien. Um, the reveal of what it was and you still really didn't know what the fuck it was, really. It was just, it, you knew that this was, this thing was just, is organic and it was eating up. But the, the next, the next sort of, um, where, when he's transferring Lucky, the horse, back to the, the house. And essentially, the the it's raining, and you've got this great sound effect of the alien, the, the screams from all the yeah, from all the people that are in it is just haunting. That's the and, way it consumes them as well. We haven't really talked about that. It's like what's it called? How does it? Because it's, it's, it reminded me of like a like a sea creature, like a um, yeah, like a, a jellyfish, man, a manta ray. Yeah, yeah more like, like a manta ray. Yeah, like that's that mouth underneath. And it squeezes all these, everything sucks them up into their belly, and it, eventually it's. So you see the people in their kind of in the, what I can explain is the organs, like it's like digesting yeah. them and they're screaming. It must be just crushing them up. It's fucked up. Yeah, and then <laughs> takes a giant fucking shit <laughs> over the house, basically, of all the blood, all the fucking, all the rest of the stuff it doesn't want to consume. It pisses and shits on the fucking house. Is the only way that I can describe that scene. So is it just taking the good stuff that it wants and just getting rid of everything else where it needs to survive, I suppose? Yeah, but there was also an element of that. You did mention the fact that it's survival, fine. But there was an element of uh, discussion around territory um, and uh, being almost like a predator. Or, you know, you reflect on what we watched the other week. It was more like a predator. So this like was a hunter. Yeah, because it's, it's stuck in that cloud. It's not attacking all the time. But it's something that... Oh yeah, because they didn't. They touched on the fact that it's got like um, it's it's like it's it's, it's like boundaries of the, where it wants to hunt, kind of thing. And yeah, it won't and go it, any further. If it feels threatened or if it's mm-hmm. looked at, then it's like that's what it's going to go after. And they did play on that during the awesome finale scene. But yeah, yeah essentially that that fucking scene is so dark when they're sort of just in the car and in the house, and it's still about, and it, it, mm-hmm. the screams are just. Fucking sick. They were just intense, man. Shall we talk a little bit about uh, Michael Wincott? Yeah, he's fucking great. Atlas Holst. <laughs> oh, well, he's plays a, a filmmaker, um, um, a quite an eccentric filmmaker, um, who's coming to give him a hand. Well, he sort of doesn't. He turns him down at first, but then as soon as he hears it on the news, he's he's down like a shot with his fucking. I don't know, is is you wind up camera. Wind up camera. Because um, obviously we haven't really said that every time the some sort of power that the alien has is to shut down any 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 sort of electrics and things like that and vehicles and cameras. So that's obviously uh, this kind of built in mechanism that stops people from filming it, I suppose, which is quite clever really. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry, carry on, Paul. I don't know, man. It's just this next scene with him and him, the way he sort of planned out. He, he's fantastic. He was great in um, in in the Crow and stuff like that as a as a baddie. I wanted to see more of him, though. I think I think he was a slightly underused. If it's me, I think he needed a bit more dialogue in there and stuff. Yeah, slightly well, underused for me. He was ill, wasn't he? He was terminally ill. That's why he sort of was, oh, he was, was on a bit of a su- he was on a bit of a suicide mission. I think. Yeah, because oh, okay. he had tablets, he was taking them and he was coughing, and then I sort of, it, I was sort of implied that he was going to die anyway, and this was like, right. his, that's why I think he sort of sacrificed himself. Mm. 
Um, the way yeah. they built that plan up, though, where they had all the cameras set up and they had the, they had the little station and, they, you know, OJ was going to be on the horse and, you know, they, they, it's just like it was and the little, what do they call them, the um, wavy... Maybe a floatable sticky bed. When I was at, um, when I was at um, Comic-Con a few weeks back, they had them there, and I got pictures of them with the kids in front of them, but they had loads of those lined up. The The promotion for it at the con was insane. I've never seen posters that big. That's they were awesome. really pushing it. But, they, yeah, they had those floaty men. It's cool. It definitely it was uh, – I think you touched on it earlier, Paul. It definitely had, like – I mean, obviously, I know Jordan Peele's done The Twilight Zone. And that I really enjoyed. I haven't watched it all, but I've really enjoyed what I've seen of it. And it did have that sort of Sunday morning like serial TV show, you know, like the 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 bit where they were getting ready for the heist. Remind me a bit the A Team, and it just had that sort. You know, them programs like Land of the Giants. Yeah, yeah. It, it just had that feel throughout. Elements it did, of the didn't film. it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where it was shot. Where it was shot made you feel like that as well. Yeah. It was, it was clever. It was really clever like that. Because obviously initially they we we spoke touched on it very very slightly, but they want they just want to get a bit of footage so they can just sell it and get a shitload of cash, just a glimpse of it, anything, and that's all they want. <laughs> they want theirs. That's what they want. Yeah. They want their little piece. And then obviously uh, there's quite a cool bit where the I thought oh no I thought it was going to take a turn for the worse when a TMZ guy turns up. I thought, oh no, they're going to make this kind of some kind of alien hunter or something like that on the on the bike. I was like, there's uh, a proper another heel turn because I was like, who is that? That's going to be somebody underneath that kind of mask. I don't know what you guys thought. Well, who the fuck was it? I thought he knew what he was doing. That's why he was wearing the helmet. But mm. he didn't have a fucking clue, really, did he? He just looked like he, he sort of did, I guess. Um, but yeah, well, you, like, know, well, you know what TMZ is, right, you guys? Yeah, but I don't know yeah, if he was. TMZ I don't know channel, if he was actually. I think was it David Jordy Paul? Is it like an entertainment channel on US yeah, press? Yes, so basically it's yeah. like an entertainment channel, but it's a pa- they're, they're just pretty much paparazzi, and they're they're basically the scum of the earth. And I love that that he took a massive stab at him. It was great. Well, fair enough. But I just thought that was one of my favourite scenes, though. I think you had a laugh. Everyone had a laugh in the whole cinema when she literally said, what happens to an electric bike when it stops at 60 miles an hour? Boom. But again, he got chomped up and uh, that was, we got to hear his deafening screams <laughs> in the, oh, that was, yeah. But what happened next, man? What the fuck? Um, so... What did they... Yeah, it opened up. You know, once they're getting all this footage, it opened up into what it actually was. Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, I know. It reminded me of, like, what you said. Like, that it, it felt like it was underwater. Mm. You know? It just... It, it Definitely was, sea creature vibes about it. Yeah. How they fucked it up, though, I think it was fucking genius. So I'm assuming it's dead, right? Um, he, he, well, he basically tried to eat a fucking big inflatable balloon and then it exploded and the thing sort of deafened and died I don't know but because they worked out that it basically choked didn't it because they, it, earlier in the film the flag it couldn't digest the flag it didn't like the fabric. it, did it, yeah. it Wait, he tried to feed it a fucking they tried to give it bait didn't they of like yeah. a metal horse or something like that mm. 
and he shut it out. It shut that out on, on his car, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> so, oh man, it was it was good, and and the ending was nice and tied up. They got their little thing, and people saw it. It was real. How they used the well at the start, a callback to the well. Mm. And the pit, I guessed that at the end when she was going through that place, I was like, that she's obviously going to use the well. But I thought that was a really good touch, like the way way they caught the actual kind of footage of it, like using that, it couldn't stop it. And I thought that was great, just at that money shot moment as well. It was just fantastic. I thought that was a really, really good little idea. I saw all the po- all the posters sort of make sense now in terms of what with the horses and all this sort of stuff. And the, I think, uh, as well on a rewatch, you probably like notice a lot more stuff. Like all of his films. Yeah, I'd watch it again. Definitely. I'd definitely watch it again. However, I don't think it's one of those ones I'd crack out every year and watch like us and um, get out. And I'm not, I'm not comparing it to those because I think it's, you're right, um, Butch, that it is too different. Which I think is great because when you think about it, he's written it, he's produced it, he's directed it, and to come out with something so unique in these times, like it is, is a fantastic job. Yeah, it's a, and again, it's I'm not saying it's like like really removed from us and and Get Out, um, but it certainly gives him another branch. I feel like even though he's done Twilight Zone, it's in that in in the middle. There's horror elements to it. And it crosses into the sci-fi. That's just, you know, the, everything that he kind of has to touch on. But there is, like, it's just, again, it's like with Get Out and Us, it's just a fucking uniqueness to it. He's such a interesting, um, unique talent to come up with these sorts of things. I think it's brilliant. You know, he's he's got a real love of old cinema, um, and he's fucking delivering it absolutely brilliantly. Keenan the fucking cow, you know, who the fuck would have known? It's nuts. Uh, I just, it's, it's, so, well, sorry, Keenan Peel. Keenan Peel. Keenan Peel. Keenan Powell's completely different, dude. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> let's watch them direct something. <laughs> it did. Um, a good burger, wasn't it? Yeah, a good burger. Horror of a different kind. Yeah, so, yeah, classic monster movie, in a way, for me. It was, just way, like yeah. a, it was almost like a Cloverfield. Yeah, 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 I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really interesting. First horror film in history to be filmed with IMAX cameras. A couple of uh, little notes there for you. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful film. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, with some really in- interesting notes. And I, you know, I, and I definitely walked out going, ooh, what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, fucking great. What are we um got anything else to, that you want to talk about on it? Nope. Nope. <laughs> really should have been quicker on that one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, how would you rate this bad boy then? You know, because you you two both came at me with a fucking tens for us. So I remember that. Um, so how's this um fair in your pantheon? So, well, I'll go first. So, it's not, like, for me, it wasn't as good as Get Out or Us. Um, no, I'm not saying it was a bad film at all, and I actually really enjoyed it, but um, I think there was a couple of pacing bits in it that I had a bit of a problem with, but nothing crazy. So, I'm going to give it an eight, a solid eight out of ten. 
Yeah, I, I, I think um, a couple of characters are a little bit underused in it. I wanted more Keith David. <laughs> I get it. Um, I wanted more chimpanzee. However, I did. I, I really did enjoy it, and I and I think what I need to do is I still need to think about it. I still need to rewatch it. I really do. But uh, on that alone, I'm going to give it an eight as well. It's a really strong movie for me, um, but I don't know. I need to watch it again to really sort of get a flavour for how I feel about it and sort of how it hits me. But it definitely affected me, so that's got to be a really fucking good thing. Music was great. The way it shot was great. So for me, as a movie, um, as a spectacle, and as a bit of entertainment, I'm going to have to give it a nine, I think. I think because I do think it was, again exceptional filmmaking I really do I think it was really good I think it was really acted well and everything so yeah it's a 9 for me but I, I suppose with 2 8s and a 9 we'll give that a draw one last breath 8 out of 10 <laughs> <laughs> on to next episode's uh, main reviews oh hang on we're going to Fright Fest so it'll be our Fright Fest special <laughs> Woo. Uh, this episode we won't be bringing you a something to scream about um, because we've got far too much content to go on for next month, week, but we are going to deliver some awesome stuff to screen balance in the next few months. I look forward to that. Um, but for now, let's move on to our movie from the vault. Everybody be cool. You be cool. Somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Low profile. You understand the meaning of the words low profile? Sure. Of America's most dangerous criminals have taken hostages. What is this? It's called a punch. I'm going to ask you one question, and all I want is a yes or no answer. Do you want to live through this? Yes. Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. One night is all that stands between them and freedom. This is my kind of place. But it's going to be. One hell of a night. We might be in trouble. There are a bunch of fucking vampires out there trying to get in here and suck our fucking blood. Now, their only chance is to fight back. Oh, yeah! Tarantino, Juliet Lewis. Welcome to slavery. No thanks. I already had a wife. From dusk till dawn. Okay, so uh, this week's movie from the vault was my pick once again. <laughs> so, um, and I went to 1996 and I went to Robert Rodriguez's From Dusk Till Dawn. So uh, just a really, really quick uh, synopsis, and then we'll get into it. So uh, two criminals and their hostages unknowingly seek temporary refuge in a truck stop populated by vampires with chaotic results. So, lads, where do you want to go with this one? Where did you guys first see this movie? Well, I saw it uh, when I was about 14-year-old, 14, 15-year-old. Um, and the reason I actually watched it was because 
I forget, we were out on a school trip and one of the lads in my uh, class, basically it was like a, a walk, like around sort of uh, up like a mountain, basically, uh, in the Lake District. And one of the lads basically spent the entire walk talking about it, saying that everyone had to say it. So, yeah, I think um, my brother got it from Blockbuster. Uh, I would definitely watch it on VHS, 100% watch it on VHS first time around. Um, yeah, so around 14, 15 year old. Yeah, I remember having a VHS copy. I've had my DVD copy for 20 odd years, which I had signed, uh, when I went to see Tom Savini and, Kurt, uh, and Kurtzman, um, at the Comic Con. That was fucking great. I mean, I, I didn't even know who Kurtzman was. I didn't even know that he wrote the bloody thing. Um, but you, when you had two sort of like pillars of the fucking special effects industry involved in this movie, Tom Savini and, uh, and Rob Kurtzman, this is what you get. You forgot one as well. Who did I forget? Nicotero. Nicotero. Fuck, yeah. Um, But yeah, so this is one of my favourite movies. Like, during my, like, you know, when I was growing up, I fucking loved this. I bet you did. This is just one of those movies that was fucking awesome. I love Tarantino. Um, uh, This was just quirky in your face. I, I, I don't probably, 96 this came out. Did I watch it then? Don't know. Probably a couple of years later. Maybe I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have, would I have watched it when it first came out? Don't know. But I, I might have hired it from uh, Blockbuster at the time. But um, I've had the DVD for fucking ages. And my actual copy. I just I really fucking love this movie. It's just the one-liners. Um, the fucking cast is absolutely amazing. It's such a fucking Miramax '90s cast. And George Clooney are coming off the back of fucking what ER. Um, Sam Hayek, Fred Williamson, um, Harvey Keitel, the love, you know, the love of my life, Juliette Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and she was in everything at that time. She really was. California, fucking Cape Fear. Um, so from natural, oh, born killers. natural born killers. You know, this is right along those time. I watched probably those two very close. Those two very close. And it's just like they're very, very similar in this sort of delivery I, I absolutely fucking love this movie and I, I do remember watching it a lot so what about you Matt uh, yeah I um, I watched this on VHS obviously rented from the shop and I was well happy because um, a lot of people say oh, I, you know this was the kind of film that everybody talked about at like school whatever I didn't know anything about it when I, when I rented it I didn't know it was about vampires didn't know anything like that and i watched this film completely blind <clears throat> and it blew me away because i've not not seen anything like this where it was one movie and then halfway through turns into another movie and i'd never seen that before and it's yeah. bold brave like you said the acting is just insane like right from the get-go we might as well start talking about it now but straight from the get-go in the liquor store, just straight balls deep, straight away. It's like, what the hell's going on here? Like, no explanation, nothing. Peak Tarantino. Like, Tarantino at the peak of his sort of, like, power mini is still great, like, but it just unreal. Like, he obviously wrote the screenplay for it, and it's just dialogue, 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 just line after line after line after line. And obviously, the great Michael Parks, who... Plays uh, Earl McGraw. Which so the sheriff. Know, he's in another movie, isn't it? So he's played like, that part about in three, three or four different films. Kill, Kill, Kill Bill, Bill, Death Proof. 
one of it, I think. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. But the same part, but just phenomenal. And that, like, I know I mentioned it a few weeks ago in the uh, gas station in horror films, but my God, what a, what an initial scene. It's a great opener. It's, and it's, the, it's that, I love that pettiness. I didn't die. <laughs> like the pettiness between. Doesn't matter now, you got two fucking seconds to live. Oh, fucking Richie. Life. And it's just like Clooney's fucking delivery and his cocksureness. He's sort of a, sometimes in this movie, you fucking think he's such a prick. You are such a bellend. Even though he's so cool, he's just such an arsehole. And his brother's worse, obviously. Worse than him. He's a piece of shit. But, like, the way he speaks to that family and stuff like that, like anyone, he's just such an arrogant arsehole. I fucking love it. <laughs> and that tattoo, is, that tattoo is infamous and stuff like that um, as well that he, they sort of drew on. I thought that was incredible. Um, and Juliette Lewis, there's some fuck. I mean, this is just full of great dialogue, like you said, one-liners. I mean, my, one of my favourite being... Will you eat my pussy? <laughs> just like, as he, as he, it's like Richie sees what Richie sees, you know? Um, and it's like, when you've got like House of a Thousand Corpses and those sorts of like, and like Devil's Rejects probably more so, I suppose, that there's such, it's take, it's lifted, uh, off that fucking, um, that motel room with the bloody, um, teller. Oh my god, what did she go through? <laughs> in yeah, that was dark. That was dark. Like all that implied stuff and obviously flashing around and yeah, Jesus. And I think that's why, so that's the great thing about it is there's no, no matter how bad Clooney gets, cause yeah, I sort of forgot about the way he treats the Harvey Keitel and that at the start. Jesus, you're like, you, you sort of over time forget about how much of a prick he is because he becomes sort of the hero at the end. But I think they do such a good job of making Tarantino that, like, real sick, twisted one, that he's the real villain, you know what I mean? It sort of keeps you thinking that Clooney's sort of the one keeping them on the straight and narrow, and he's just as bad, really. But mm, That's the bit in that hotel room is just, like, so early on in the film as well. I'd say we're, like, you know, we're 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in, and he's already, Clooney's having a go at his brother. In that one little bit of dialogue, that's where it clicks. It's like, Richie's a fucking psycho. And obviously, uh, George Clooney's character, sorry, forgive me, I can't remember his name. Seth. Seth, that's it. Seth just goes mental at him saying, this is not right. This is not how you do things. This is not what we do. And that's when you get the dynamic. And it's just like, ah, right. And then it all clicks. Well, he's, he's obviously been pulling them out the shit. Because yeah. Obviously, the, the gas station is all Richie's fault as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then obviously we meet meet the pastor Harvey Cartel, who's obviously coming out the the side of losing his wife, losing his faith with his two children, uh, traveling around in his RV. Yeah, I can't it's stand. The worst that, I can't stand his son. I can't stand his son. I think. Nah, the son's always a cunt, and even when he dies, he's a cunt as well. <laughs> he's still he's like, oh fucking someone just shoot his fucking face off. I don't really, I don't like his face. Don't like his face. There's a lot of racism in these, or like, not racism, but I don't understand the 90s use of the word yellow to describe like the, the, the Chinese and stuff like that. Cause it's all over that sort of era of movie. Well, it says at the start, doesn't it, when he busts in his room and says, oh, uh, why are you with this Japanese boy? What's going on here? Because, well, yeah, what? Well, you were a couple Chinese. of queers, a couple of fags. Yeah. One is Chinese and two, he's my son. Um, which is, yeah. 
But it's even in the um, pussy speech, you know, that <laughs> one of the best things in the world ever, um, which I think is pretty much taken, uh, lifted off uh, an old Stephen Burkoff play called East, um, which they did a similar one. Um, uh, I did it during drama when I was in college. When mm-hmm. Of course you did. Love and, it. Uh, there was a, a cunt speech, which is like infamous in that. Um, and it's like it goes even on even longer than the fucking pussy speech. It's nuts. But like, um, but yeah, it's. You know, he says, "Oh, well, black pussy, yeah, pussy, yeah, little pussy." Right, hang on, hang on. Before you go on, I have a little exercise. So, I'm, so right, there are fifteen versions of pussy. He says, "How many can you remember?" Because I've wrote them all down. Well, I can do the whole speech. I think. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. He says it's the smelly pussy, black pussy, um, white pussy, yellow pussy. Wet, dry. Wet, dry, um, hairy. Yep. Ah, oh, okay, um, how many did you say? Fifteen. Fifteen. Go on, Paul, enlighten us. Actually, seventeen, sorry, seventeen. Well, so, yeah. we have, so I'll do them in order. If you see any pussy cheaper, fuck it. Fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. that's pretty, yeah, that's, that's, that's Cheech, isn't it, from Cheech and Chong? Well, he yeah. takes three different parts, then. Yeah, yeah, it does. Parts, yeah. White, black, Spanish, yellow, hot, cold, wet, smelly, hairy, bloody, snapping, uh, <laughs> silk, velvet, horse, dog, chicken, and new flavour, apple pie pussy. <laughs> <laughs> chicken flavour? Chicken. Yeah. So fucked so, up. So obviously we skipped a bit. So they obviously get across, the, their, their point is to try and get across the border. They take Harvey Keitel and Julius and and... The, the little son who Butcher hits hostage and then they break over the border um, and they go to their rendezvous, rendezvous which is a nice little bar a nice little family pub called the Titty Twister <laughs> the titty opens from du- from dusk till dawn um, and again this is back to when they're a bunch of bellends as well they're, they're still he's still an arsehole you know he just goes up to the guy who's just giving him the pussy speech and just smashes him and then <laughs> And then um, old uh, Richie comes back and gives it, lays in the boot, and obviously that comes back to haunt them later as well. <laughs> but there's some, it's the characters in the bar that are fucking great. Good old like, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, the fucking bartender. Just he, that's his first. I think that's his first movie when he was out of prison. I think. I think. Oh no, Desperado. Was it Desperado? I don't remember. I can't remember one. Of, it was either this one or Desperado that was like his first movie because he worked with Sam Hayek. On his first one, there's some good, good stuff there. Um, but yeah, some of the dialogue from from that is like, is quality, and you don't really know what's going on. It's just like there's just a lot of like cool people. You see what got um, Sex Machine with his cod piece. <laughs> That's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. What's your favourite kill, Matt? Oh, I don't know. So many, isn't there? It's got to be the bloodbath. Fred Williamson and his fucking oh, four, yeah. four on the table. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Although, when I noticed this time around, when um, uh, Sex Machine gets the bartender, so he's fighting Danny Trejo. When he um, finishes him off, both his eyeballs goes into the corner pockets. <laughs> yeah, that was really fucking cool. Um, I like it when they talk about the band. 
the, the band the band that are playing are really fucking cool. Mariachi band. Yeah. 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 Let's, go, let's go kill the fuck that fucking band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so you have like, so they're basically going down there and they're sitting up and drinks and then, uh, there's, I, I can't remember as many boobs the first time right round I watched this the first couple of times. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> there are lots of boobs in this film. But, uh, yeah, then the one and only Salma Haya comes out and does her scene and oh my word. What's the, the, whole, the whole room. Like, Santiago Pandemonium. <laughs> that was genius timing. <laughs> Sounded like the lips. So, yeah, she comes. We got back. doggy pussy. And then the uh, the the, the chief comes back to get his revenge, and then uh, they stab Richie, and then all of a sudden there's a bit of blood about, and then everybody turns into vampires and just starts ripping the shit out of everybody. Salma Hayek. We haven't talked enough about her. My God. I mean, how old are you? I mean, you were saying you're 15? Yeah. Lots yeah. of that thing stirring inside of you when you saw that. It stayed with me as well, because Salma Hayek is still smoking hot. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Still, she's in her 50s, and she's still amazing. So, yeah. The funniest thing about that is that you not think it's so funny, where allegedly Tarantino's a foot guy, um, and then the option there is to have a foot in his mouth in a movie or feet out in a movie it's fucking crazy the way she just sticks her foot in his mouth. He has he has a foot fetish. He loves yeah. feet. So I'm any nothing. film, any of his films have got feet, yeah. on, like female yeah. feet. Kill yeah. Bill is. Well, you like, got Juliet, Juliet Lewis's feet in this at one stage as well when he's yeah. looking at her up and down, and um, she's got like a weird toe. She's got the the toe that's bigger than her big toe. So. Once upon a time in Hollywood, he did that as well, like loads yeah. of feet. Brad Pitt did it. Brad Pitt said it in his uh, acceptance speech of his. Oscar or Gold Globe it was like uh, Tarantino's had more women out no, of his feet than something or what? he separated more women from their shoes than the uh, the A something to do with it's the American airline joke yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. like that. as fuck but yeah she, the, 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 the carnage and uh, that ensues and stuff like that it's almost like dare I say too much it's like it's just like fucking so much yeah it's yeah. almost like there's too much violence it's like it's well you never have too much but it's just like fucking it's it's a master class in, in special effects isn't it the just, CGI uh, the CGI looks ace I mean you know this is around Buffy Vampire Slayer time I suppose in terms of like the turning of the vampire uh, you know the sort of changeovers and stuff and I thought it was fucking great it was it look, doesn't look dated it's Fucking looks, still looks incredible, um, even with the CGI. But most of it's obviously a little pra- bit of CGI at the end is a bit, a little bit. But the practical effects are just fucking great. Yeah. They really I mean, are. They, they basically just went to the guys like Savini and Nicotero and just went, just do whatever. Mm. All it is is vampires, so just do whatever the fuck you want. So you have like half turn vampires, you have full turn vampires with their belly all open. You have like ugly vampires. You have bat vampires. Kitty vampires. Dog vampire that head comes out of sex machines. Yeah. There's that shot in the bar when they're like, it's the last four, and it's like they all like line up and to go and like take, like have that little fight. And like this, this, uh, like Harvey Keitel, um, Fred Williamson, Tom Savini, and George Clooney. And it's like George Clooney looks like the sort of wuss. He's, you know, he's got his little gun. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's just ace. And there's a fucking awesome scene when um, uh, Savini's changing and trying to hide it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and like Fred Williamson telling his like Nam story and in slow motion, like, <laughs> and then it's like, before I know it, everyone was dead. And then the hands just come up on his shoulder. Oh, mm. ah, it's amazing, amazing. Yeah, and I, and I really love the fucking montage sort of scene. Like the the, I, I love that in every movie. But you know the weapons, yeah. Bless the this one comes out. Of what a super! You got a super soaker, super soaker what? condoms. <laughs> the fuck was uh, bloody Clooney's? It was like what a pneumatic a pneumatic drill, wasn't it? It was like a it wasn't the most practical. But <laughs> didn't give a shit. And then Juliet Lewis precursed Daryl Dixon, didn't you? Oh yeah, I, I love Juliet Lewis. I gotta say it. I love her. I think she's great. She's done she a lot, good. but she does play pretty much the same character in every movie. Yeah, there's <laughs> not, not a lot of range there, is there? <laughs> no, but she's good. She's good. Yeah. And I love. No, no. Natural Born Killers is slightly different. Uh, I love the line though, like when they sort of obviously they. They get to a point where they're about to die, and then the the, the drug cartel turn up. They were supposed to meet, blast holes in it, and then the, the disco ball just pings out all the light and explodes all the vampires. And then he's like, "What were they? Psychos?" It's like, did they look like psychos to you? No, they were vampires. Psychos don't explode when you put light on them. <laughs> <laughs> just comes yes. up, just comes up and just smacks him. Yeah. <laughs> and then have you ever been here before? No. <laughs> drove past it, it looked all right <laughs> oh yeah. yeah and then he's still kind of about he's, he's you know maybe a bastard but i'm not a fucking bastard <laughs> yeah what a line what a line and then the music i love that that's what a song man it's 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 great for us. it's just such a cool movie have you ever watched the um the they've done sequels to this nope. Not one of I've never seen them. There's one I've watched. Oh no, hang on, that was just called Vampires. I was going to say James Wood, but the one with James Wood was just called Vampires. Yeah. So there is, there are sequels to this as well, there is, yeah. and a TV show as well, which I just started to watch, but it's nah. three, I think it's three movies and a TV show. Yeah, the, the, I think apparently they have nothing to do with the first one. Apparently, though, the, the TV series is supposed to be alright. You know, hmm. I've never seen it, but it's, it's on Netflix. But, yeah, um, I tried to watch it, but I couldn't. I didn't get on with it. So, so it doesn't really make a difference and stuff like that. Like, it's a, it, there's obviously lots of stories to tell with that fucking ruse and stuff. Well, then, it's the last shot, isn't it, where it pans out and it's like it's not a bar; it's an actual like vampire temple, and there's like all the trucks are bloody like piled into the the canyon. Yeah, great shot. And that was obviously a painting as well. Yeah, uh, Matt. Hello. Give us some map facts. It's got okay. to be a, got, you, I want, there's got to be a buttload. There was fucking absolutely loads. I just I just cherry picked a few. So um, Simon Hayek has a real fear of snakes and had always refused to be near them. Naturally, when she read the script, she knew her phobia would prevent her from taking part. Robert Rodriguez conned her into thinking that Madonna was ready to nab the part, and so. Hayek spent two months with a therapist to overcome her fear. <laughs> so, pretty interesting. 
That snake's badass. Like an albino fucking python. Glad it wasn't fucking Madonna. I hate Madonna, mate. So, fucking hell. Nice one. Yeah. Before George Clooney was cast, numerous actors were considered for the role of Seth Gecko, including Antonio Banderas, Steve Buscemi, Michael Madsen, Tim Roth, John Travolta, Christopher Walken, Jeff Goldblum, James Woods, and Robert De Niro. All passed because of scheduling conflicts. The only one to outright decline the role was Travolta, who said he had no interest in doing a vampire movie and instead chose to do Pulp Fiction. Don't know how true that one was, but sounds kind of cool. Uh, George Clooney was paid $250,000 for appearing in a film. Got him on the cheap. So he could spend more on effects. Um, did you guys recognise something? In uh, when he brought the fast food that Seth brings yeah, back to the hotel. The Kahuna burgers. Yeah, that's it. You got it. Um, uh, Scott Fuller, the um, the son, wears a shirt that says Precinct 13. I was, uh, was going to mention that, but I thought yeah. I'd save that for you. <laughs> Obviously, it's not the song on Precinct 13, in, uh, which used the same style of lettering on its poster. Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez are fans of John Carpenter's films and did this to pay homage to his work. Um, I thought this was quite funny. Some of the growling noises of the vampire dog in, in uh, into Sex Machine Turns were provided by Rodriguez's baby son, Rocket Rodriguez, who was just learning to talk. <laughs> oh, I, I hope that's true. I really do hope that's true. And do, uh, without looking it up, either of you, have a, I want you to guess what the body count was. Including what? Including all the vampires? Yeah. 34. Nah, like... 60? 122 kills. <laughs> 122 kills. Fuck, you know. That took a lot of work. Whoever, whoever came up with that stat is uh, fair play to you. <laughs> yeah, man. There's a cool guy that does um, YouTube videos. You, should, you guys should check it out. It's called The, Ca- uh, the Kill Count. Uh, and he's quite funny. But it, it literally will show every single kill. It'll do the average of kills between male and female. And he does the best kill. And it's all done in like a little short, like five minute video. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and he's so funny. Have you ever watched uh, Talking Dead before? After the Walking Dead, the show. Mm. And they do that, people we lost today. And it's always really yeah. funny because it's just recapping yeah. up the zombies and people that died. Yeah, I love that. Shuffling zombie, the water zombie area. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's it, boys. It's good. Well, so do we really need to rate this one? <laughs> I mean, it's a 10 from me. This is one of my favourite movies, like, ever. It's got everything that I need from a movie. <laughs> the blood, the gore, the fucking one-liners, um, the stupidness, the unnecessary storyline that, make, that makes it so fucking incredible. Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, I mean, the special effects team, it's just, a t- it's a flawless, it's one from my childhood that I'll never forget. Mm, it's definitely like, like I've never heard a bad word about this film. Anybody that says, oh, I've seen from Dust, Dust and Dawn, oh my God, yeah, it's amazing. It's just, with, with Clooney in it as well, it just, it's just, I don't know, it's something about his voice, it's just brilliant. Mm. You know, and, and I, I, I fucking loved it. Uh, it's a, it's got to be a 10 for me. I mean, it probably wasn't always a 10. It's probably more of a 9, but now it's a 10 for me. 
it's because it just stands the test of time. Like, yeah, if it's a movie that you've watched when you were in your fucking teens, man, and you still watch it now and think, fucking hell, that is awesome. It, and and like, you think when it when it started as well. It's like it's that that whole thing of Tarantino Rodriguez, that whole scene. It's just like that's. that's well, you name the movies around ninety six to ninety four, like Reservoir Dogs, fucking uh, Pulp Fiction, Desperado. You know, like all like. Natural Born Killers, California, all those fucking awesome Miramax true movies. True Romance. Oh, fucking True Romance. If only that was a horror. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I completely agree, lads. 10 out of 10. Uh, it's just, it's a film with everything in it. And, like, even, even like, the schlocky horror bits, you know, like, the, uh, the end and, the, the obviously, all the special effects and the practical effects and that, that maybe turns someone off, you know what I mean, to it. It's just got enough to pull you through casting's unreal like Tarantino gets a lot of shit for acting like in different films but I just think he, he perfectly plays a great slimy bastard like a, he, he does doesn't he yeah, like you look at him and go you're slack. a sex offender yeah, a, lot, a lot of people give him slack for his acting but the, in this maybe as an Aussie yeah, we're, well, we're yeah, I mean, yeah. but for this fuck, yeah he, I think he nails it man it's, yeah. it's, I always remember thinking, creepy fuck, man. He's so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and Click Clooney is just cool as fuck. Like, one of the coolest movie characters ever, all the way through the film, even when he's been a bastard. And yeah, I just fucking love it. I loved it the first time I watched it. I oh, love it. Matt's fact, I forgot about this, is um, his tattoo. Apparently, he insisted on that because he just watched uh, Once We Were Warriors and wanted a, wanted to have a tattoo like that. Oh, well, then that's... Can I give 11 out of 10 then, can I? <laughs> <laughs> fucking love Ones for Warriors as well, Jesus. Fucking awesome. Um, yeah, like, it's, yeah, great film. Absolutely great film. And I was, um, like, I haven't seen it in so long, and I was just, I just watched it with a big smile on my face. Yeah, totally. What, what was going through my head watching this as well, with having the fact that the story's written by Kurtzman, and then the fact that in the last month or two we've watched quite a few movies that were done by special effects teams into direction so you think about like um um well the last one we watched doom asylum i think was the one cellar dweller um that fucking yeah cellar dweller was the one i was thinking about so yeah it was just like oh yeah uh yeah yeah they kind of like there is that element of cheese whereas these guys they got the right people on board with rodriguez and tarantino to support it was fucking genius yeah awesome right no, no, we might have somebody on the show eventually just to do with that film. That'd be awesome. Um, right, so next episode, this ep- you know, thanks for listening to this one. Listeners drone on, please come back for. Are you going to pick your movie for the next one then, mate? Oh, we're not obviously doing a move from the vault for Friday. Oh, we're not. Okay, sorry. Uh, we're because we've got far too many movies to probably to talk about on on that one, but I, I will. <laughs> I will tee up episode 112 if you want and tell you what my pick is for 112. Yeah, go on. Um, it's going to be the Japanese ring. Ooh, okay. The Japanese ring. Right? Yeah, I've never one. seen the Japanese ring. I've what? Seen, no, I've seen the fucking Naomi Watts American version. Oh. In the original Ringu. Hey, what are you playing so, at? No, I've never seen it. I'm gonna smack your bottom next time I see you. Pretty sure it's on Amazon Prime. Pretty sure. It's I've on. either I've either seen the Japanese Ring or the Japanese Ring Two. You've seen have you seen some Japanese no. Ring? 
Yeah, lots of Japanese films. <laughs> but no, I've, uh, I've seen one of them and I can't. I'm actually, yeah, that's a good pick because, uh, yeah. Also, but, we're going to be at Fright Fest. Yes. See us coming together. To get free badges. <laughs> we'll go out for a beer and have some fun. Yeah, and our next episode will be all about the fun and the the times that we had. Um, so if you're you're there, we'll do some you know re- record some uh, some intros and all that sort of shit that we like to do. Um, but yeah, we will be re- if episode if you join us on next episode, episode 111. Um, it will be our 2022 breakfast special with a fucking plethora. Of movies, so I think we'll be talking at least, you know, uh, over twenty of the of the bastards, and one of them being called Pussy Cake. So you know, there we go. What more could you want? Um, thanks for listening again. Um, without further ado, there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at Draw One Last. Instagram at draw one last breath or pop us an email at draw one last breath pod at hotmail.com. <laughs>